BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Cryptids of the Corn. My name's Justin. And I'm Jay. And we're back to talk to you about a near and dear subject today. Um, some stuff about our name some stuff about Ohio, and uh, kind of make it all about me. Uh, we're going to share some of my personal stories and just kind of talk about that kind of stuff. Um, so let's talk about the name, Crips of the Corn. Now, who came up with that, Jay? Well, I guess I did, you maybe. Did. Yeah, that was really cool. We kind of wanted a, a name to, to symbolize the Midwest region. It kind of gets left out because we have the Ohio River Valley. You know, there's a whole searching you know a whole bunch of stuff there the appalachias yeah the north the west nobody talks a whole lot about the midwest and it's not that we don't have stuff happening because we do ohio is a hot spot yeah uh so it's just that's kind of what we're focused on but we do have plans to go to michigan and stuff like that so i don't know if michigan counts as the great north or if it counts as the midwest it's kind of in between yeah. i'd say yeah, specifically where we're going is like right at the start of the giant forest. I guess it depends on what peninsula you're on. <laughs> um, so Ohio's paranormal history. Ohio is number five in Sasquatch sightings in the country. So that's just right there. just tells you that there's something going on, whether it's more Bigfoot or just more people out to see them or like some of the migratory theories. Which, there's, there's just something causing it. And you have a good migratory theory, and kind of seems to make sense, because Ohio, why would why would they be here in Ohio? Or why would there be so many things in Ohio going on? When we're right in the middle of this flat corn land. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when we go down to, like, Hocking Hills, Salt Fork, there's just so many people always out, no matter what time of year. Right, yeah. Uh, Wayne National is a little bit of the... Of, the difference uh in last episode i kind of didn't make that clear that was one of the comments i got that i was talking about hawking forest and wayne national forest kind of in the same sentence mm -hmm. so wayne national is the one you can disappear into and not be seen hawking state forest is not like that hawking state forest is packed with people as we found out for yeah. sure and we weren't even like it was cold yeah i don't know what was happening that weekend leafers uh, the leafers oh my gosh i can't stand them Sorry if any of you guys are leafers. I lived in a big town. Well, I lived in a tiny town for a year and a half that was leafer central for about a week and a half. And I got annoyed because, you know, you're late to work, late to class, because there's people that are literally parking in the street to look at leaves, which I get they're pretty. But I guess living there, you kind of lose the the uh, sense of wonderment about them. Right, yeah. You're like, I'm late to class. <laughs> yeah. Pull off somewhere. Yeah. There's trees up the road, too. I promise. <laughs> I promise you go 10 miles up the road where there's nobody trying to drive around. There's trees. All right. Uh, all kinds of stuff. And it was kind of the last nice weekend. That was about the most packed I've ever seen those without it being like a holiday or something, you know, without it being... That was my first time ever there. Like, 4th of July, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Memorial Day. It's going to be like that. Uh, so it's like a holiday weekend almost. Yeah, like, that's what it looked like. Yeah, with the amount of people. Yeah. Uh, Hawking State Park, the specific Old Man's Cave, wasn't that bad. 
because they were still parking in the parking lot. Yeah. Sometimes in the summer, it's all the way up that road, like, two miles. Oh, wow. But, uh, like, yeah, like we were saying, tons and tons of Ohio paranormal history. Uh, one that might be a future episode that I just, I love. My first love was always Lake Monsters. I don't know if we ever talked about this. But I have an 18-page paper I wrote in college. Oh, no, we did not Lake talk Monster about that. history. Ah, that'll be fun again. So, yeah. Ohio had Ohio horn serpents. And they were in the Ohio River. And this was early 1800s. Uh, they were just talked about, like, animals. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no mystery about them. There was no, like, when they talked about ghosts in the paper or anything like that. There wasn't that kind of appeal. They're just like, yeah, some Joe on the barge seen three Ohio horn serpents you know, crossing and watch this area. Because they didn't want to hit them because they were large. Right, yeah. Um, and we did have alligators in the Ohio River at that point. Alligators huh. came all the way up into the Ohio River to Ohio before we built the lock and dam systems. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Alligators are perfectly fine in this kind of climate. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you ever seen the ones in North Carolina, that they'll literally freeze and put their nose above the ice. I have seen this, yes. And they can spend about three months like that. Frozen? Yeah. Uh, it's not normally, it's normally it was giant old gators would come up for like the spring and the summer and then go back down to like yeah. Kentucky and Tennessee. Well, there's still from time to time people see like a gator or something here in Ohio, yeah. which is weird. Yeah. We like, had a crocodile two years ago, but that was a release. Like pet release. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, crocodilians are banned in Ohio. Oh. Uh, besides the smooth-fronted caiman and dwarf caimans, which doesn't make sense because that's like a crocodile on, on like, uh, like caffeine. Yeah. They'll rip you apart. Are they smaller or something? They're though? tiny. So that's why. But they but... will... I'm more scared of them than an 18-foot saltwater crocodile. Right, yeah. Because they have the energy to rip you apart. Right, yeah. They have those needle teeth. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those kids kept telling their parents, there's a crocodile in the creek. There's a crocodile... And their dads didn't believe them. Finally, their dad went down, and there's like a 9-foot uh, Nile croc down there. Yeah. And it's stalking the kids, because they probably haven't eaten in a while. Uh, <sighs> and then that, the game warden had to shoot it. Yeah. I don't blame him. Right. Because he wasn't trained to deal with anything like that, and he was just like... No Steve Irwin. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I don't blame him, and I would have done something differently, but I have experience. I, you know, I've handled venomous snakes. I've, you know, I've done stuff with crocodilians, right, alligators yeah. specifically. Now, and I've worked with some larger caiman, uh, but I like, I like reptiles. You know, if you know how to handle them, that's one thing. If you don't, and there's kids around, right, I yeah. get it. Yeah. Um, but Ohio horn serpents, they went extinct right around the Industrial Revolution for Ohio. And it's when the Ohio River got toxic. They just mm. moved. They just left. Yeah. They're just big serpentine animals. They had three bumps on their head. That's why they're called horned serpents. Right, yeah. They didn't have true horns. They just kind of had... Bumps. A lumpy head. Yeah. Uh, like nothing... almost. Nothing ever aggressive. No stories like that. Just a lot of sightings. Uh, they weren't... Sh- they weren't... Looking for attention, but they weren't that shy either. They were always kind okay. of on the top, moving around. Yeah. You know, they weren't scared of people, but they weren't, you know, there was no interaction. They right, didn't yeah. want anything to do with people, but they weren't hiding from them like we get with some other animals. Like Sasquatch. Like Sasquatch. But like, uh, you know, dolphins will s- seek out human interaction. Mm-hmm. Mantis are kind of back and forth. Sometimes they come up to you and sometimes they don't. Uh, that's kind of more what it's like. Never seen one of them outside of a zoo, manatee. When we everywhere we fished in Florida, there's a funny story. Then we'll get back on track. Yeah, right. <laughs> everywhere, my mom and dad, me and my brother, we all went down to Florida. My mom and dad went on manatee tours two days in a row. Uh-huh. Me and my brother went fishing. And any given day, me and Luke seen ten to fifteen manatees, and they seen zero. Wow. Because we, me and Luke, found this little pull-off that was back in the middle of nowhere. Uh-huh. And every five seconds, there's a man coming by blowing air at you. Yeah. Just looking at you. They wanted to be pet and stuff like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're super friendly. Yeah. And it got annoying because you had to pull in all your poles when the manatee was around. Right, yeah. And then we're like, okay, this is cool. It was cool for like the first half hour. And we're like, okay, we want to start fishing. Right. So we yeah. really have to cast our poles and then walk like walk away so they couldn't see us. Oh, really? So they wouldn't hang out. Yeah. That's Dolphins were in there, too. Uh, we seen a big carpet shark in that pier. I never even heard of a carpet shark. It just looks like a, it's like a halfway between a stingray and a shark, like a nurse shark. Oh, interesting. Are they big? Yeah, he was big. Okay. He was like nine foot. Oh, sh- it looked like a sand mound. 
So what they do is they just they're flat at the bottom like a stingray. And they just kind of filter through the sand to get crabs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, back on track. Yeah, that'll be a, the biggest the biggest struggle with this podcast. And it's more me than anything. I don't know. I'm a I'm a I'm a rabbit hole guy. Yeah, me too. But um, and so I like animals, specifically our area. We are on the Hardin Allen County line in Ohio. We're in uh, Northwest Ohio. Um, we're pretty far south for Northwest Ohio. Yeah. We're not all the way at the bottom, but we're we're getting close to the switch. Yeah, yeah, we're close to the middle, but because, above. Because Logan is still northwest. Really? I, yeah, but I think once you go one more, it's... Then you can't be north yeah. anymore. There's no way. And then, uh, so we're, we're right in line. Sorry, ambulance driving by. Hope everybody's okay. Um, but there is an actual hot spot for Sasquatch activity on the Hardin-Allen County line on the BFRO. Uh, which is, we didn't know that till like, a week ago. Well, yeah. And we're watching a video about the BFRO, and they have a map of Ohio pulled up, and I'm like, what's that dot? Like, there's a dot over by us, and we looked, and I'm like, oh, that's like on top of, like, like, where we live. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. So we do live in the corn belt. Uh, it's all corn and soybean. Yep. We don't have very many we have woods we don't have any forests anything like that even our state parks are just big woods kind of big parking lots yeah mm-hmm next to water mm-hmm if you're in northwest ohio and there's a state park it's probably just because it's next to a, a pond right because <laughs> yeah, we don't have true. we don't have woods left <laughs> no and it's super flat super flat here northwest ohio it's really bad um another thing uh so non-Sasquatch related is we do have a sign of mountain lion returning to Ohio. Mm -hmm. And I worked I worked in fisheries. Uh, I was a fisheries technician. So I, the easiest way is like the outside work of a fishery biologist is the way to explain it. Sometimes I just tell people I was a fishery biologist because it's just easier yeah. to explain. Um, but I met all, a bunch of people that did all kinds of work. I met the like I met a couple of people that just did the bats in Ohio, and that's their whole job is they just work with bats. Mm -hmm. But I met a guy in this uh, in the last three years, we've had mountain lion tracks uh, documented to be real mountain lion tracks. Uh, I'm trying to think the one big the one long trail was on the side of river banks, just down south of Columbus, heading towards Columbus. Okay. And the other one was up by Toledo, uh, somewhere in the Maumee. Oh, wow. That's and that makes area. sense. Those big cats often just follow the the river pathways. Well, yeah. I mean, it's an easy, uh, it's like an easy road or to follow if you're not a human being on an right. actual road. Right, and it's, yeah, that's, that's the, that's the big cut of it is that rivers are just, just easy to navigate mm -hmm. when you're, like you said, not walking on a road. I mean, people out in the wild, most of the time, when we're out, we follow a riverbed. Yep. Even if it's dry, you know. If you're lost. Yeah, you just follow a riverbed. Yep. You walk a riverbed. And just, it's easier than walking a cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, which we found out last last expedition. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we do have another expedition planned-ish. We're still working on out the details, but we're going to try to go to Salt Fork in December. We're kind of waiting for snow on the ground, I'm thinking. Yeah. Uh, to help look for fresher tracks. That'd be the, the holy grail. No, heck yeah, it would be. I'll probably punch somebody in the face when I find a, a Bigfoot <laughs> track, like a full track, a full print. Can you can you cast a track in snow? Yes. We just got to be a lot more careful. Interesting. Your okay. media would disappear. You got to really chill your plaster Paris. Oh, uh, okay. So when you so mix it. it melt it. Yeah. Mm. And it, it's ne they're never as, they're not very good. Right. They're never going to be. Pristine. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it makes I'm sense. trying to think of the ridges. I can never remember the name of the ridges on fingerprints, toes, feet. But some of the best tracks in the world for Sasquatch have those ridges, and they are almost they're almost impossible to copy. They're mm -hmm. almost impossible to manufacture. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a couple really good tracks that have those on the feet, the toes. Um, yeah, it's it's that would be. Uh, you know the mecca of looking for bigfoot right besides actually seeing the real thing 
And see, I don't Shaking even know. Hands and taking pictures with him. Yeah, I mean that's different, but I, we'll get into it. I've seen one, and what do I have for it? Like, right, right, nightmares, exactly. <laughs> lost nights of sleep as a child, <laughs> missing chickens. Like, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So what do I? What do I have? The nothing to know, gain. Yeah, nothing, nothing to show off. Like, see a track or something like that is just. You know, it's something you can hold. It's something right, you can yeah. put on the wall and mm-hmm. be like, that's my, you know, that's my proof. That's, that's... It's your proof of your experience rather than mm-hmm. just your own thought in your mind. Right. Because your... ideas, your your memories can change. Memories are very malleable. Yep. And, well, I guess we'll get into uh, my Bigfoot sightings. Yeah, you want to Sightings, jump... experiences. You want to jump into that now? Yeah. It's, it's a good story. So we'll start the area. I lived right in the Harden Allen line, uh, 700-ish meters, I think. Um, and we shared a woods with just three other people. And it is probably the second biggest woods in Hardin County. And Nick, uh, he's not here this time. Uh, once again, we'll try to get Nick in as many of these, but he lives about two and a half hours away. And he's in college and works a lot. So it's just going to be a little tricky to get him on all of these. He will be in as many as he, he can. can. Yeah, he'll fit in when he can fit in. But um, so Nick Nick lived across this woods from me, so we'd often walk through the woods to meet each other. It's huge woods. Uh, there was two other people that lived on the woods, but they never they never went into it or nothing like that. Um, the woods never never ever felt right, and it was so weird because we never coon hunted our our own woods. We were never in our woods after dark. Well, we drive and go other places in the coon hunt. It's not like it's not like we were scared to be in the woods at night. We were scared to be in that woods at night, and we didn't even know that growing up. We just it kind of never crossed our minds. It's like, oh, we're going coon hunt tonight. Oh, we're going over, uh, you know, we're going over to Ryan's, or we're going over, you know. Mm-hmm. It never. It's so weird. It was like secondary nature, you know, because when we were out there when it was getting dusk, we, you know, we it was just the feeling we didn't want to be there. Right. Yeah. Um. So. Things uh things when things started, I'm trying to remember the year. I think it was I'm gonna say. First stuff it was over a couple year period, maybe three years, uh, where everything happened. I think it was just two though. Uh, things were getting moved, and we had like, so the big one was like car hoods, because we had a couple project cars were getting moved around. Stuff like that, you know, not small stuff that an animal could do. What do you mean by move? Like, just... They're going from that side of the property over there. Oh, and the, so move far distances. Yeah, 100, you know, 100 yards. Yeah. Something like that, you know. Just constantly being, you know... So It wasn't small stuff. Or stuff would just go missing. Mm-hmm. Shovels, that kind of... You know, and then we'd accuse each other. Because it's like, well, why'd you do that, you know? Like, I didn't do it. And it was getting at this point, my dad... Hey, Dad. Was, uh getting convinced that it was a guy doing it mm-hmm. and so we just were 100 sure we didn't know it was the neighbor kid but we were just getting to the point where there's somebody you know is messing with stuff um and we had all kinds of animals all kinds i showed some higher end chickens but we had horses goats chickens rabbits ducks turkeys you know geese it, 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 we had pigs for a while the only thing we never had on the property were cows. Uh, but hmm. we had a whole little herd of horses. We had a big herd of goats. Um, so we we had animals. But the chickens were always... So chickens, no matter what farm you're on, are always the most targeted animal by predators. Mm-hmm. They're easy to get. They're small. They're not, you know, they don't put up a bad fight. Uh, there's normally a bunch of them. Yep. And they roost at night. So you can walk up and you can grab a chicken. Right. Yeah. They just they their brains turn off. Yeah. Uh they'll freak out a little bit, but they don't run. Uh so we had problems with coons. So coons, dogs, cats. Um but so on all those the animals, coyotes, when all those animals attack mink, we had a lot of mink. They leave different signs. So not to be too graphic, but like so when a mink kills, it's either has a hole in the neck or a hole towards the back end. Yeah. And minks only eat uh, soft internal organ and drink blood, hmm. is what they say. I don't think they really drink a lot of blood. I think they're wanting that soft internal organ. Right, yeah. Uh, which are bloody, mm-hmm. but they, you know, 
uh, if a coyote does it, it's a, just a mess. Yeah. If dogs, do, you know, dogs head is, it's just a mess. There's bits of chicken. Feathers. And feathers. And feet. Raccoons. Uh, there's normally feathers. Mm-hmm. But they normally, most time they take the chicken with them. Yeah. Uh, or there's a big chunk of the chicken already eaten. Raccoons aren't very wasteful when it comes to that kind of stuff. So it's something sitting there and eating it. You know, it's probably a raccoon. Yeah. Because uh, they just, they're, they're not great predators. So they don't know to take off, you know, after they get one. Uh, all the other stuff. Never had a problem with possums killing a chicken. Possums pretty much only eat eggs and they come to a coop. Mm-hmm. And half the time they get too scared and they take off. Yeah. <laughs> Possums are not like your big baddies, you know. Right, as, as much as they look like. They yeah, they be. look rough, but we picked up wild possums and just moved them and set them down. Yeah. You know, possums will hiss at you. That's pretty much it. But they won't snap at you or anything? I've never gotten bitten by one, but even if they did, most of the time they don't have the bite pressure to break through the skin. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. And you can't get rabies from them. Mm. You can't, it's like... 99.999% chance you will not get rabies right, from Right, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, possums are harmless. Most of the time we just shoot them out. Uh, who else I miss? Cats, big cats. So, like, bobcats will normally take a chicken a night, mm-hmm. and there won't be any sign. Yep, just gone. Yeah. So, we had... Did I miss any of the animals? Um, I can't think of any more okay. here. No, I mean... But, so, I had any, you know, any given time, I had anywhere from 50 to 150 chickens, and maybe more than that at some points. Mm-hmm. So, we lost a lot of chickens through the years, and we had some really high-end chickens, so we had really built up coops for some of these birds. But that summer, we had a lot of chickens just gone. Uh, just, you know, just gone. Yeah. And we had other predators stuff, too, but just gone. Um... So that happened. I don't know if that was Sasquatch. I, there's no proof I never found a Sasquatch holding a chicken. Right. But, you know, that's easy food when you can reach over and pick it up. Oh, and the fences were all electrified. So something had to reach up pretty, you know, pretty decent. Like over the fence? Yeah. Okay. It was only four and a half foot tall, but nothing could climb the fence because it would shock the hell out of you. Right, like, yeah. Sorry. Um... Well, like, could I guess there's not too many cats around here. A cat could jump over it, but there's not too many. You mean like bobcats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we just had one on our trail camera the first time ever, like last year, last summer. Bobcat? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And he's there. He's there about every fall. We see him now. Hmm. Or maybe it was two summers ago because he's been. This is the third year he's back. Yeah. So two summers ago, or two falls ago. Right. Yeah. This is the third year he's back, and he just hangs out, and then he leaves once the snow falls. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, bobcats have a big range. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was that. What about, uh, other birds, like eagles? They eat uh, yeah, but most of the time, uh, so we never had a problem with the eagles. We had red-tailed hawks, which was our big, mm-hmm. our big problem. Yeah, it's a uh, lot around here. Uh, we, we had three dead in a pen at, over the years, because they get in the pen, and then they couldn't take off. Oh, the, the hawks. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and then hawks... The birds normally, they eat, that's one of the ones that'll eat there, but you can normally tell because it's like a smash. Right. they hit with such force. They mm-hmm. kill whatever they hit on mm-hmm. impact. But normally the other birds will take them out. They literally, uh, the worst one we ever had was a red-tailed hawk that got in a duck pen and killed a mated uh, female. Mm-hmm. And the male got him in the corner, got him muddy so he couldn't take off. And he just beat him up for hours until we got down there. This hawk had both his wings busted. Uh, just bloody. It was this hawk was just a bloody mess, and this little mallard is just pecking away, just going him. ham on him, ripping his feathers out and yeah. stuff. That mallard died like a week later from heartbreak. Yeah, because uh, they were bonded. They were bonded pair. Yeah, we had to call the game board on that one because it wasn't even one we could release because it was just a pulp. Right. Yeah. I think he told us just to take it out and put it on you know the side of the woods or something. Um. So our driveway was. This is important for the stories. Uh, our driveway was a little under, it was more than a quarter of a mile and under half a mile. Mm-hmm. We have the longest, we had the longest driveway in Hardin County. Uh, it went all the way back into this woods a long way. You could barely see the top of the house from the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were very secluded and <clears throat> we enjoyed that in some aspects. 
Um, and other things important for the story. Our cousins, uh, the Cordricks, were living with us at the time. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll come into effect later. So this is the first part of my story of actual encounter. Fourth of July weekend. I can't remember if it's actually Fourth of July, but it was that weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, I got off work. I was a closer at McDonald's. I had got off work. It's like eleven o'clock. I'd already missed the fireworks at the lake. My family, so that's my family was all at the lake. We had a camper up there and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm just not. And the lake's you know half an hour away. Yeah. So it's just like by the time I get there, it's gonna be midnight. I smell like a French fry. Yeah, I'm just huh. going. I'm just going home. Yeah. Uh, so I drive home, and I pull up, and we our kitchen has these big glass doors and windows set that you can see just out into nothing. The woods, you know, it's pitch black and everything. We have three dogs at this point. We had Sunny. He was a Labrador, around 140 pounds. Uh, he isn't scared of anything. Uh, he'd protected my mom a couple times. Um, he he attacked the guy for my mom. We had Bailey. <clears throat> Bailey was a Beagle Shepherd. Uh, he lived forever. He died when he was 21. Oh, wow. No teeth. Yeah. Ate, ate burgers. That's all yeah. he ate. Yeah. And we had Clarice. And I think the only dog that we still have from then is Clarice. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she's super old. But normally, when I'd come home, the dogs went out. Uh, they wouldn't come into the kitchen. And I didn't know, I, I didn't think anything of it till after. Mm-hmm. But, like, they, would stand, they were standing in the doorway to the kitchen, and they wouldn't, like, come into the kitchen. I'm trying to get them to go outside so they could go to the bathroom. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So, as I walk into the hallway with them, uh, they won't leave me alone. They're, like, on me. And that's not odd for Bailey and Clarice. They're both, you know, lapdog-ish. Mm -hmm. But Sunny, it was very odd. So, we get all the way into the living room, and the living room is just panels of glass. At a, like you know six by six panels on every side mm -hmm. you can see out in the woods so i turn on the tv and bailey gets on top of me which is not bailey was my dog so he's slept in my room most nights right. so i would nod clarice goes on top of me and then sunny keeps trying to get on top of me and i'm like what are you doing like it's not something he did right it just uh it just is odd so we're sitting there Way off on the other side of the woods. Way, way off. I mean, this is probably, you know, at this point a mile away. I hear boom, boom, boom. And a set of three. And once again, it's 4th of July weekend. We have neighbors. I'm like, okay, somebody just, you know, set off fire. You know, fireworks or something. Don't think nothing of it. Watch the TV. And then it gets, it sounds like it got a little closer. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, and then it did it one more time. This is so these are about five or six minutes apart each time. Yeah. So it's not like it's rapid fire. But then boom, boom, boom. And now I know it's closer. It's not like close yet. Mm -hmm. But I know it's closer. So I call Nick, uh, our neighbor. And I'm like, hey, are you in the woods doing something? Because he was out there, you know. So I called him. He's like, no, we're in uh, Pennsylvania at a family thing. And I'm like, okay. Well, I just keep hearing, you know, boom, somebody's lighting fireworks or something off, you know. He's like, oh, okay, and he's like, well, call, you know, call if you need, you know, because uh, his uncle or something, not his uncle. We were going to have somebody else come out if it was somebody. Yeah. Um. And then boom, 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 like three or four more times, getting really close. And then, so we had this giant yard that went up to the woods, big pasture, big tin barn. Uh, we had this big dead tree in the corner of the yard. It was always there. It was dead when we got there, just giant. And you hear boom, boom, boom on that thing. And now the dogs, like Sonny's on top of me, they're not making a noise, they're not moving. I have a gun cabinet in the next room. Now I'm too scared to get up. Because the glass, it's gonna, whatever's out there is going to see me. Right, yeah. If I stand up, and it's going to see me. And then it hits the metal bar. Boom, boom, boom. And you hear the horses just take off in the pasture. Yeah. They, uh, they're just whinnying and running. And then the Porsche was one of the project cars is like 20 yards from the front door. And you just hear boom, boom, boom on that. I am just petrified. I'm almost in tears at this point. I don't know if it's a guy with an axe coming to get me or, you know, whatever. But now it's, I know 
it's only 20 yards away from me. Mm-hmm. Whatever this thing is, is came all the way up into not just the pasture, not into the barn, all the way up to the property. Yeah. And all of a sudden, my Aunt Amy and Uncle Rob come blaring down the driveway in their convertible playing music. And I come I come running out because whatever it was took off. I come running out. I'm almost in tears. So they took me into town and we took the dogs and we went to my grandma's for the night. Yeah. Um, and the Porsche had it three indents. And then the barn had three indents. And the barn is like eight foot up. But the Porsche was on the back panel. And it could be in a hammer mark. It could be knuckles. You know, it looked like he, if it was knuckles, it was a very large hand. Yeah. Not something you'd want to be smacked with. Right. Um, let me grab a drink real quick. Hmm. All right, guys, we're back. Had a little bit of technical, technical difficulties. Issues. We're figuring this out. We're going to hammer it out, yeah. I promise. One podcast at a time. All right, so we ended with the the knuckle marks, the knocks, part of my story. And your uh, grandparents coming to pick you up. Well, my my aunt and uncle. Oh, yeah, aunt, aunt and uncle. They right. lived with us, and so they were coming back from, I'm going to guess, a you know 4th of July party or something. Yeah. And they just took me. Um, to your grandparents. Yes. That's what it was. Okay. Yep. We went down to grandma and grandpa's. And so, fast forward, we had more strange stuff happening over the next months. Uh, so, we ended up getting a red healer because I was losing chickens. I was losing expensive chickens. So, we got this red healer dog, uh, which was a monster. Her name was Lucy. Uh, Nick loved that dog. Nick loved that dog more than I did. <laughs> uh, they had a bond. But... Lucy was just a monster. She was, uh, she'd killed a couple coyotes, a lot of raccoons, a lot of possums. Mm -hmm. Just this, one day, she herded deer into the barn. And then we let him out in the morning and she just looked at us like, you know, what are you doing? You know how long that took? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Lucy, sometimes later, uh, she would disappear for a couple days at a time. Um, but at night, if Lucy treed something, she had to kill it. Mm-hmm. So we'd go down and have to knock whatever she treed out of the loft of the barn, out of the, you know, off a post, out of a tree, or she wouldn't shut up all night. Yeah. She'd bark herself hoarse. Yeah. And so we got kind of used to this. Oh, man, she was just a monster. But she protected the chickens. She protected the farm. Um, yeah, she took on, she knocked a horse over once. How'd she manage that? So, red healers are programmed. So, horses put all their weight on one foot. Mm. So, they can kick with three. Mm-hmm. So, Lucy would study and see what horse, or what, what foot the horse was putting her weight on. And that's the leg she'd rub and bite. And it takes them a second to switch over to a different leg. Yeah. And then she'd back off. And then she'd watch again. Yeah. And you can always tell. If you watch, you can always tell where all the weight's laying. Yeah. And she'd do this, and then finally, she'd knock the horse over. Uh, just because it got off balance. Yeah. <laughs> it was trying to switch too quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, Lucy was a, a maniac. Uh, so one night, uh, around the edge of the property, we had big floodlights from, like, a stadium uh, Dad had put up. So we had lights at night. Um, and we had a big four-wheeler trail. So this four-wheeler trail is probably, like, 30 foot wide, the entrance, and then, like, 10, 15 foot up to the canopy. So there's no trees or nothing in this spot. So me and Luke go down. And sorry, Luke, for telling this part of the story. Uh, me and Luke go down. And we have like a baseball bat and a, you know, a, a golf club or something. You know, nothing. We're just knocking this raccoon out of a tree. Because mm-hmm. we could see Lucy just standing in front of the four of the trail just barking. and Which was an odd. And we get down to about 20 yards from the spot. And... We see what Lucy's barking at. And just these giant green-yellow eyes. Just blinking. You can see it blink real slow looking down and open. Real slow looking down and open. Real slow. And it opens and it's just looking right at me and Luke. So it raise its head yeah. up? Yeah, in a blink. Yeah. And then I'm like... And you can just, you can kind of see the outline. It was just hulking. Yeah. Just... just you couldn't see details, but you could just see it was just massive. 
You could just see just like a silhouette, yeah. basically. And even less than a silhouette. It was just because yeah. it was pitch black. Yeah. But you could have you had light casting kind of at it. Yeah. Uh, I'm like Luke, don't run away. Just back up to the house. We start back up. We get about halfway like that, and we take off. We're I'm pretty much in tears when we yeah. get up to the house. How big? How tall? You think? We'll get to that. Okay. Um. And I tell Dad, and you know we're freaked out, and Dad's done. Dad is done. He's a hundred percent sure this is the guy that you know has been messing with us. He gets the shotgun, and he stands like ten feet in front of the hole, and he's like. You sob, you know you scared my kids. You've been screaming with us too long, and you know you come out right now. I'm gonna start shooting into the woods. And me and Luke are on the patios, so he gives like he like gives this guy the cannon like three or whatever, and Dad just shoots up into the top of the trees, not at you know person it's, level, right? But he just shoots up to the top of the trees to scare the guy, mm -hmm. and it just sounds like a buffalo is ripping through the woods, just you know trees, vines, all that. So whatever it was didn't take off when it just backed up. Yeah. When it when, you know when we went inside, it was still there. It was still standing right where it was, just in. So Dad was probably only ten yards from it, face to face. Yeah. And the second Dad heard it rip off, you know, he backed up to the house. You know, that was it wasn't a guy. Right. At that point. And that's kind of when the Bigfoot stuff stopped. Is when that happened when they got shot at. What do you mean the stuff stopped? Like the stuff you know, stopped getting moved outside, and you know, oh, the chickens extra chickens, missing. extra chickens going missing, right? Yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, and that was just terrifying. And then we didn't talk about it for years. Nobody did. Uh, Dad didn't talk about it. Luke didn't talk about it. I didn't talk about it. Because what do you say? You know, yeah. I think it was more because Dad was so sure it was a man, and then in that instant, it wasn't a man. Right. Yeah. There was no like easing into it. You know, we'll have dad on here one time to talk about it. Um, but yeah, my whole, so fast forward, uh, the next day, Michael comes out and you know, Michael. Yeah, Michael. I met Michael. Uh, he stands and Michael's like six, three, six, four. Michael's a big guy and he stands and lifts his arm up and it's about eye level to wherever the thing was. And we were for sure. Maybe there was like a tree there or something. There's no branches, nothing. Yeah. So this thing's like seven and a half eight foot tall yeah just just not you know those nine foot bigfoots you hear about those ten foot bigfoots you hear about but a large a large animal yeah but a large thing excuse me but i'm grabbing a drink that way if you hear a sloshing noise that's what it was <laughs> um so that kind of ended the bigfoot stuff but uh Later on, we finally started talking about it, and then looking back, is kind of those years that Hardin County became a hot spot. Yeah, is when the BRFOR has all of its signs in that area. So it really sounds later on, like looking back now, like it was a juvenile male that just didn't follow the migration like he was supposed to, and found some free food and enough place to hide, mm -hmm. and he just hung out. And then finally he got shot at. And realized. And then he's like, all right, it's time to scoot. Yeah. Because uh, whatever animal, looking back at him, I don't think he meant us, me and Luke, any harm. I think he might have been annoyed at Lucy. I don't think he was going to do anything to her. Yeah. He just watching her bark at him. Um. But I think his, its perspective really changed once he got shot at. Right, yeah. Because never had never had an outside incident again, you know. It just, whoosh, you know, gone, mm -hmm. like overnight. Stopped getting stuff moved around. Um, yeah, it was just it was weird. I definitely feel it was. Just one. It was just hanging out, found easy food because there was other farms. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm sure we weren't the only guys getting hit. Yeah. And there was a lone Sasquatch about that same size seen, Hog Creek a couple times seen about you know two mile away in like Scioto areas you mm -hmm. know and in our part of Ohio a lot of people think they ditch walk because we have all these ditches yeah that you know if you're eight or nine foot tall you're not seen you know you're, you can walk through these things and not get seen at night right yep so a lot of these sightings are actually people that happen to just look in the ditch as they're passing and there's just one standing there mm -hmm. uh so that's kind of I mean that's kind of the Bigfoot stuff 
I didn't talk about Bigfoot. I didn't like Bigfoot growing up, you know. Yeah. I'm uh I always wanted to be a scientist. Mm-hmm. Was a scientist. Did biological, you know, science biological work for a while. It just didn't, you know, at that time, it's just people that scientists that said that Bigfoot was real got laughed at, you know. That right, was their yeah. that was their career ender. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to get out of the biological field, you know, say you believe in B- Bigfoot or a UFO or something. And that's it. But it's not it's not as much that way anymore. No, I think things are changing. Um, so I did endangered species work, and I think that's a lot of the other credible Bigfoot people. They do they they even though they don't know it. Uh, they are doing endangered species surveys mm-hmm. with the way they how the way they go and stuff. Um, I guess my biggest thing we talked about a little bit with the TV stuff. Yeah, is that if everything you see in the woods is Bigfoot stuff. We'd have one in the zoo and have one on a wall. Right, yeah. You know, you're not kids stack rocks. Uh, trees break. Yeah. Um, what else? People that don't know what a bobcat sounds like, I honestly believe 98% of recorded Bigfoot sounds are bobcats. Yeah. Because people don't understand what a bobcat or a mountain lion sounds like. It just they're They're terrifying, you know, when you hear them and you don't know. They're just absolutely, you Especially know, if they're breeding. Yeah, oh my gosh. It just sounds like two women marrying each other with knives. <laughs> and I've heard Bobcat a couple times. I've heard a mountain lion, but I know they're... I've seen a mountain lion mm-hmm. in Michigan. Yeah. And that was terrifying. <laughs> I bet. We're actually not sure it was a mountain lion or the biggest Bobcat ever. Yeah. But we were all drunk, and it was like 2 a.m., and it was snowing out, and that thing was hungry, and we smelled like fried chicken, and we were drunk. Yeah. So I was pretty sure one of us wasn't making it. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. That was me, Nick, and Frankie. Hey, Frankie, if you're listening, you better be. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So the other kind of thing, and we might, we'll probably save it. We'll keep talking about Bigfoot for now. But we had some shadow people and that kind of stuff out there, too. At the property? Yeah. And I think that's more correlation than connection. Yeah. To me, personally. I, I don't know of... There's just something wrong with the place, and it just attracts that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I'm I'm in the camp that Bigfoot's 100% biological. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, you know. But, so Bigfoot in Ohio, that's just exploded. And people like to act like the Patterson-Gimlin film was the first time, like, Bigfoot was... You know, ever talked s- about. Ever, ever s- seen. Even seen, yeah, which isn't true. No, I mean, Native Americans have... Just stories going back and back and back mm-hmm. forever. Native mm-hmm. Alaskans even more. Uh, just have all kinds of stories about them. Yeah. Uh, the ones in Alaska, I would never want to see. Really? They're, they're bad. They're mean. So the stories go? Yeah, so the stories go. Yeah. But most of your Native Americans have decent stories about them. There mm-hmm. was one of the tribe of red-haired cannibals. And I can't remember what Native American tribe that was that had the story. I'm not even going to try because I don't want to offend anybody. Because each, each tribe is so different culture. It can be with some of their stories. Yeah. But that tribe, yeah, they had the giants that had red hair. Or this is the one that they trapped him in the cave? and. No, that was the, um, oh, that was over on the Pacific coast. Yeah, like uh, yeah. Arizona or something. Yeah. Or... Oh, then, I know it, and I just can't. It's not coming to me. That, they burned it up and yeah. it became mosquitoes. It became mosquitoes and ticks. Huh? That's the story. Uh, so the the Bigfoot, after they caught it, put a curse on them. said, I'll feed on your blood forever. And when they burned the Bigfoot, it became the mosquitoes and the ticks and the stuff of the land. Holy crap. Was, that's the story of how the, the creation of those kind of insects and arachnids came to be. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's that's interesting. I mean. But, yeah, the ones in Alaska are not friendly. Um, and Alaska is a really weird place. Yeah. It has the, like, the highest disappearance rate. Hmm. Just, I think it's, it's like, one in 1100 or something like that. Really? Missing every year. Real, every year? Yeah. Whew. It's something stupid crazy. Yeah. And it has the number one, well, I think that's where most serial killers go after they kind of get caught without being caught. It's up to Alaska? Yeah. Um... 
it's the number one felonies and convicts and stuff live up there. Basically, whenever your life gets so crappy that you've made it so crappy down here, you go out to you Alaska. go up to Alaska, and because you can go out and you know live in a spot and just never be seen. Right. Yeah. Uh, it just it's weird. This doesn't sound like a bad way to live. No. <laughs> no, it it doesn't. But not when your neighbor, you know, used to eat people. As an axe murderer, yeah. He, you know, he has a whole collection of human faces in his basement. Right. <laughs> his basement. <laughs> yeah, the bears aren't the scariest thing. You ever heard the legend of the Otter Man up there? Uh, I don't think so. That's that's. We'll get into that a different time. Okay. But that was a Sasquatch-like creature that caused the disappearance of like three towns and an avalanche on another is what he got blamed for yeah right yeah um but in ohio there's always been stories of the giants uh i'm trying to remember our ohio i mean it's a, the grass man but the actual native american name like what it translates to because one of them's like thunder giants mm -hmm. one of them's rock giants mm -hmm. and then one of them's like earth mothers mm, wow and what it roughly, you know, roughly translates to. Right, right. Right, from however they, their language translates to mm -hmm. ours. But there's always been stories. And then you can meet Russia, the Yaren, mm -hmm. Australia, you have the Yowie. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the Yeti in the Himalayas. Yeah, and like all over the world, there's stories. Orangapandek, mm -hmm. uh, Vietnamese rock apes. Yep, all over the world. That's another one. Uh, maybe we'll try to get Grandpa in here to talk about Vietnamese rock apes. He never seen one or nothing, but he heard people talk about them. Mm -hmm. They literally, so these Vietnamese rock apes are always on cliffs, and they throw rocks at you when you try to camp at night. Yeah. And the Viet, uh, our U.S. soldiers didn't talk about them like they were myth or monster. They just they hated them because they were letting the Viet Cong know where they were at night. Right, yeah. Because hitting rocks and metal and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. yeah, hard to hide. Hard to hide when you're getting pelted with the rocks all night. Yeah, so they shoot at them all the time. <laughs> dirty little rock apes. Yeah. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on my stories, Jay? Well, I, you know, they're interesting, and, you know, being so local and so, like, in your own backyard is pretty, uh... It's not... To me, it's not, like, scary, because I didn't experience it, mm -hmm. but it is, like brings that sense of wonderment just like okay this is kind of hitting at home a little bit more than you even think you know mm -hmm. what i mean and there's we're getting to the point now talking to people and stuff there's more stories local than i ever thought and that's why i think a good thing about what we're doing is getting people comfortable enough to share mm -hmm. what they've experienced when like you said before you never talked about it mm -hmm. you get laughed at you know and it's there's no reason for that especially here like we're not going to do that. We we welcome all stories. You know, and we... Not that we believe everything we right. hear. But, right. you know, people have short stories to share. And we enjoy listening to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm never going to make fun of anybody for their experiences. Because it's your experience. You're the, you know, you're the one there. Mm -hmm. We weren't. Right. Yep. Who am I to say that what you've seen was real or fake? Uh, I may offer some plausible theories oh for sure we but, all i think yeah. we all we both do yeah. that's for sure uh, as wild as the theories could even be yeah there's all <laughs> kinds of yeah that's one thing that i try to avoid i do it it's one thing i try to avoid is explaining a mystery with a mystery right yep because it's just like you didn't get anywhere there's no, no point to it because no it brings no clarity yeah oh that wasn't a sasquatch that was a dog man right yeah thank you yeah, it was an alien. Duh. Yeah. Oh, okay. An alien spaceship that took the form of a Sasquatch that night. Yeah, yeah. Gets me nowhere. Yeah, it just, it just, yeah. But like, they had the one farmer whose name I will not mention. Mm-hmm. But he was a Hardin County farmer, harvesting corn one night, and he got to like a big patch. So they have any of you people that don't know about like corn harvest and stuff. They harvest at night. They have all kinds of lights on them, uh, like moving football stadium lights. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can see really well. We came to this patch of just flattened corn. Deer do that, so it's not uh, You know, you you have flattened patches of corn. 
but this guy stood up and just started running through the corn. And he's like, that's not weird, because, you know, we've had, you know, he's like, it's a college town, you know, you have people going out to basically make out in the corn and stuff like that. Doing he's, whatever, yeah. Uh, but he's like, the only thing that was weird is how big the guy was. He's, uh, I could see his shoulders and head above the corn. And he is adamant it wasn't a Sasquatch, but yet he told me the story when we were talking about Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, so corn, on a bad year, is five and a half to six foot tall. On a good year, it's pushing eight. Right, yep. And depending on what year, you know, so if you're seeing shoulders and a head above the corn, so you're talking of a seven-plus-foot-tall, you know, figure. Right. Pretty easy. You know, if it's a really bad year, it's six-foot-tall, you know, your shoulders and your head are another foot and a half off your body if it's a person. Mm-hmm. So it was a large, a large thing that was moving very fast. Large individual. Yeah. Yeah, didn't he say how fast it was running? The it was way? really weird. It was really fast. Yeah, it was really. It never stopped. It just kept going, and yeah. But he was adamant that it was not a Sasquatch Mm. Well, maybe he would come on and share his story. I wouldn't. He'll never be on. I don't have to say his name, but I think there are a couple people that that we've heard. Another guy that come to one of our local meetings and shared a story that neither of us ever heard and we knew the guy we've known him for a long time oh we can say his name is it jd yeah 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 i'm actually that's probably our first interview yeah yeah i think uh, uh yeah when we start the interview segment i think that'll be our first interview so we won't tell his story but he has a really neat one mm-hmm. um but that's what's great about well i think that's what's great about starting all this is we didn't realize these people are all around us also have interest and a story to share yeah and it's it yeah i think the more we do it because i think hardin county has like nine entries in the bfro hmm. and i'm still gonna apologize if i ever say it wrong brfmo yeah if M- i say something weird i'm dyslexic <laughs> you know what i mean i mean the bigfoot website where you go to see all the yeah. sightings it's officially the b f is it ro Research organization, yes. Yes, B-F-R-O. Okay, just make sure we're getting it right, but... Yeah, it's a Bigfoot, yeah, Bigfoot research. But, uh, yeah, we'll say it however we want, just know what we mean. Yeah. That's it. Uh, yeah. And I, once again, so, uh, Jay hasn't even listened to the whole last episode yet, but at the end, I, I came back on and said, you know, we're still learning how to do this, you know, so forgive the editing, you know, if you have a lot of ums and likes and uhs, we're trying... We'll get better every time. So thank you guys for sticking with us. Yeah. Uh, you have any final thoughts? Um, I mean, this was a, I like your story. It's definitely uh, enjoyable. It's enter- it's entertaining, but it's it's yeah, it's it's pretty uh it's pretty awesome to hear. Yeah. I like hearing it. Um, no, I think we're doing. I like what we're doing. I like uh, our topics. I like how things are going. And yeah, this is fun. Okay. All right, guys. Well, I've been Justin. I've been Jay. And this is Cryptids of the Corn. We'll see you next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.